Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. And happy National Margarita Day, by the way. We, we might be celebrating over here today in the radio room. But you are the reason we do Cat Talk Radio, you and your cats. And I'm joined today by my husband and co-host, Dewey. Hey, Dewey. Hey, cat people. And hello, Molly. <laughs> I'd like to introduce our cat and our favorite favorite little kitty that we love to travel with, Tabasco. Hey, Tabasco. You want to wake up and say hello to all of the cat fans? Tabasco, say hello. All right. He's awesome. <laughs> if you'll go to Facebook and find us under Cat Behavior Solutions, because you know Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, we're here to help you with your behavior problems and help you to create the perfect environment for your cat before those created, those behavior problems begin. And so go to Facebook, find Cat Behavior Solutions, and we'll be making a post there that we're live on the air. And in the comment section, we'll be posting visuals and little links to resources and things that we're talking about during this session. So that's a good way for you to interact with us as well. And another way to interact with us, and we really appreciate everyone that calls in and everyone that's called into the past, and we... I'm going to repeat the number so that way if you can write it down somewhere or memorize it to give us a call at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. I think they'd remember it better if you like made a jingle out of it, like call 866-472, you know, something like that, maybe. We don't want to go there. Okay, not today. My jingle not. sounding, my jingle sounding days are over. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start out with our cat of the week. I'm excited about this one. Our cat of the week is Marmanoodle. Now, Marmanoodle was a foster of ours. Um, he actually was in Dallas Animal Services shelter with a severely fractured leg. And I named him Marmalade. He's an orange and white little guy. He has orange on his nose. And I named him Marmalade because it looked like he stuck his nose in, a, in an orange jelly jar. But then quickly his nickname became Noodle. So he became Marmanoodle. And it, quite honestly, he was one of our favorite fosters of all times. He was almost a foster failure. And for those of you that don't know, that simply means a foster who has failed to move the cat along into another home and ends up keeping it themselves. So he was almost our foster failure. So the amazing Dr. Lavender at Metropause Animal Clinic 
fixed that leg up for him. We thought it was going to have to be amputated, and we normally foster those amputees. But instead, she put a rod, wires in there, so he had a a really long recovery time. He was actually um, transferred from Dallas Animal Services to Cat Matchers and available for adoption through them. And after a long time, several months, his family found him, came and met him, and just fell in love. And I'm telling you, it's a perfect home for him. He has a buddy. And if you'll go to Facebook and look at his picture, you'll see him sitting on this shelf. I mean, you talk about cat enrichment. This is a shelf that's over one of those big loungy bathtubs. And it's got a shelf that's by a by a window and it's got a scratching pad under it he's he's a very very lucky cat and they're lucky to have him and he too has his own instagram account we're gonna have to get tabasco's own instagram account but you'll find him at marmanoodle on instagram go out there and follow him yes and we mentioned this before but Marmanoodle was the cat that actually we created an outdoor atmosphere for him, an environment, uh, environmentally rich area for him to climb trees. And he would climb and climb, and that cat could climb. As the first cat I've ever seen that was able to climb a chain leak fence, I was just surprised. I, I thought my, my wife was crazy when she said cats climb chain leak fences, and I've never seen one, and he was the cat that did that. But that was our first disagreement, right? Oh, absolutely, our first. It wasn't even a disagreement. I just didn't know it had happened. You didn't believe me. I That's couldn't a disagreement. believe it. I don't, I don't call that a disagreement. <laughs> I just call that I couldn't believe it. Anyway, for those that, of you that want to feature your cat on Cat of the Week with us, um, please email your photos and your storyline to molly at cattalkradio.com. So getting off into the show today, we're going to be talking about something that's really serious and it's really a, a problem in, in a lot of homes, and that's cat aggression. And I think that's probably one of the reasons uh, people take their cats to a shelter or take it to somewhere else, because it, it is aggressive. And I think it's a very serious issue that we should talk about. Uh, cats like to fight, they get badly hurt, and uh, they have a fear of fear of association and memories and when cats are aggressive to people it can be very serious and uh, even Molly has been to the hospital at one point where a cat bit her and and I believe she stayed some time in the hospital didn't you baby yeah I was it, it was a Dallas Animal Services cat but and and it was um, actually we'll we'll talk about this. It was impulse control aggression, which we'll get to in a minute. But the cat was in adoptions. It it wasn't what anybody would consider a dangerous cat. I mean, it was making biscuits when it turned and and bit me. But it it caught me very deep. And cats have bad bacteria in their teeth, and their teeth are very needle point sharp. So when they bite you deep, that bacteria gets down into your tissue, and the tissue seals back up so you know no amount of washing it and then flushing the wound can get that bacteria out so it's it's a very dangerous um, situation you do not want to encourage your cat to bite you and if you get bit and it begins to get infected shows any signs of infection of you know red reddening and swelling and pain you know 
go to see a doctor right away and don't wait because if you wait 24 hours, they will throw you in the hospital and put you on IV antibiotics and that's no fun. So we'll talk about overstimulation aggression too, but there's a lot of different motivations behind cat aggression. You know, there's, there's, first of all, there's two kinds. There's cat to human aggression and then there's cat to cat aggression. And then there's cat-human-cat aggression, too, where humans get in there and think they can help and, and end up being the victims of that, too. And well, you see that often, don't you? <laughs> right. And aggression is very complicated behavior to modify. There's a lot of varying factors. So we're going to talk about some of that today. But if you have aggression going on and, you know, you don't hear a clear message today that really helps you, I encourage you to email me and, and let's work through that in a behavior modification plan because it's it's something you do not want to let go on. But, you know, when cats attack people, when there's cat to human aggression, it's almost always that the roots of that almost always lie with people. It's either a kitten who was played with very roughly by people, you know, and and you guys are like the biggest culprit of that. You get those little kittens and you're like, oh, look at this. And you, you know, you push your hands at them and throw your fingers at them and you grab them and you make little toys out of fingers and they jump and bite on you. And that's really cute when they're kittens. But when they get to be 12 pound cats, you know, you pull back a bloody stump. So... A lot of that has to do with how a kitten was treated in its in its formulated years, or weeks, sorry, not years, but in its formulated stage in, in like three to 12 weeks of age. Um, and it is fear-based. So some of that's play, some of that's fear. It can also be caused by stress. You know, stress in a cat's environment can make them aggressive. And sources of stress are fear and a non-friendly cat environment, um, poor diet, you know, poor treatment, people trying to punish cats for bad behavior, those cats turn aggressive quickly. I always tell my clients, don't punish your cat. It doesn't do any good. You can't tell a cat no. You can only tell a cat what you want it to do instead. Um, So the other thing that cats hate is change. Change is often an antecedent to aggression, and that can be a new cat, a new baby, a new job, changes in schedule. And another thing that um, has been linked to aggression in cats is declawing. Sorry, said the bad D word, but um, we're going to actually post a link to this study if you don't believe me. But declawed cats are more aggressive than non-declawed cats. That's that's interesting. I never thought about that. Let me let me ask you this. So I know I've had this happen to me, and I'm sure a lot of people out there listening have had this to happen. So you've got a cat, and you're petting the cat, and it seems like there is this beautiful harmony going on. A cat sitting on your lap, and you're petting it, and um, seems like everything's all good. And then all of a sudden, turn around and you get bit. One minute there's love and some sort of synergy happening together and the next with purrs and everything. And the next thing you know, you're bleeding because the cat bit you and you're surprised and you're aggressive and the cat is aggressive. What do you think should be done in that situation? 
Well, that's that's exactly what happened to me at the shelter. This cat was making biscuits and, you know, being all sweet, tail was straight up. I had absolutely no body language at, at all that indicated that there was an issue when he turned around and, and bit me so, so badly. And I'm going to answer this question. I really am. The minute we come back from break, because our producer's flagging us saying it's time for a break, so we're going to go to break first. But before we go to break... I want to shout out to my friend Brian Edwards and Tabasco's friend Brian Edwards. He has a company called Brian Edwards Wealth Management. You can find him at brianedwardswealthmanagement.com. He has products for guaranteed lifetime income. In fact, I bought a new one yesterday, 7.5% in a variable annuity. So call Brian, reach out to his website, and we will be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, cat fans. So we're here today talking to Molly about what makes a cat mad. 
What causes it to be aggressive and how can we fix it? And I had just asked a question about when I'm petting the cat and all of a sudden after this harmonious situation that's happening, I'm petting, everything's purring and everything's fine, loving the pet, the cat. The cat seems to be loving what's going on and all of a sudden turn around and get this aggressive biting going on. I get aggressive, the cat gets aggressive and uh, one minute there's love and purrs and the next minute there's a bleeding hand. So Molly was going to tell us a little bit about what was happening in that kind of situation. It's called, well, I, there's seven or eight different kinds of aggression I'd like to cover today if we have time. This one's called impulse control aggression. It's also called petting-related aggression or overstimulation aggression. You know, cats are highly sensitive. They have a lot of really sensitive nerve endings in their bodies, and they're taking in information from the tips of their whiskers to the tip of their tail, and there's just too much stuff going on. And they have so many off-limit areas for touching on their body that, you know, you're petting them, you're thinking everything's great, but maybe you're petting them a little too heavy. And you're like going from the head to the tail, head to the tail, head to the tail. And they're like, enough already. It can also be a pain issue. You know, a cat could have something going on in its stomach. You know how it feels when you get gas and your tummy hurts and if someone was touching it or... You know, it can be a pain thing. It can be a bad memory. It could be a cat that was touched in one of those places or in one of those ways that all of a sudden causes fear. And they go, ah, God, I remember that. It was horrible. And they turn around and bite you. But, you know, very few cats attack without warning. So every cat guardian needs to be responsible about becoming an expert in feline body language. You know, they'll let you know when stress is increasing to the point that they're going to turn and bite you. You just have to be diligent about watching for those warning signs. And some of those include, you know, the, the blackening of the eyes. The eyes start getting really dilated. The ears will start to turn from forward to the side or it'll be laid full back that tail starts to twitch. Man, that is the first indicator. That tail starts twitching. I always go hands off and just let the cat cool down and reinitiate interaction if it wants to. Whiskers are also a very subtle body language to watch. When whiskers are flat against the cheeks, that means a cat is stressed. And if they're pushed way, way, way forward... That also means the cat is aroused. That could be a, a good arousal, like I've got a mouse between those whiskers, or it could be a fear arousal. So you want to watch for whiskers that are in a relaxed, neutral position. And your job is to stop before that cat explodes. I cannot tell you how many times people email and call me and say, I don't know what's going on. I'm petting my cat and I'm pet, pet, pet in my lap. And, you know, after about the fifth time, it just turns around and attacks me. And I tell them, we'll stop at the fourth time. You already know five is the magic number. So stop at four or better yet, stop at three and just put your hands down. And, you know, we force cats into so many situations they're uncomfortable with. It's our responsibility to keep cats in a comfort zone. 
So the first thing is you want to stop before the cat explodes. Don't ever try to restrain the cat after it started to attack you. Just gently remove yourself. Stand up if you have to. Let the cat fall to the floor and ignore or distract the cat. Make, you know, throw a ball or a toy or something like that. Prey play can go a long way to reduce stress and anxiety that may be contributing to the cat's sensitivity. So do more prey play every day, too. That's good. I just learned something, I, I, I and I'm going to start watching for that. The, the tail twitching and the whiskers flat against the face or forward, I think both of those are, are really good things to watch for, and I'm really going to start watching for that because it's never fun. I mean, the cat's in your lap and you're petting it, and it seems to be that everything's all good and harmonious, and the next thing you know, the cat turns around and bam, bites you. And I'm sure you're going to pay more attention to that. Weird how often that happens and how often I hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you that's not a fun experience because you're, you're, it's like being scared all of a sudden in the woods when you're walking through the woods and something scares you and you jump when you're petting your cat and all of a sudden it just turns around and bites you. You just go, what? What happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> I get it now. Good. You always make see. the woods relation like Bigfoot. It's always a Bigfoot analogy. All about the Bigfoot. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> I bet they're aggressive, too. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Speaking of aggression, let's talk a little bit about we had a um, cat over for a um, play date. And the what that means is that we basically, it's like taking your child to someone else's house to play. We brought a cat in to socialize and interact with our cat as a play date. And um, I noticed that there was some fighting going on in there. And, and I couldn't really tell what was roughhousing and what was really fighting. They looked like they were having a good time, but they could have been getting a little bit aggressive at the same time. What would, what's your thoughts of what you saw and what it looked like to you? Well, it's true. There, there's a very fine line between fighting and playing, especially in adult cats. And it's not uncommon that you sue both at the same time. Like they'll be playing and then it'll escalate to fighting. So again, we need to be responsible for understanding the differences. You know, sometimes it's one cat wants to play and the other's reacting defensively or offensively, and that escalates into fighting. That's a good point. Let's, uh, so tell me, uh, what's, uh, what are some things to look at? Because, I, I mean, I, I watched them for a few minutes, and it looked like they were doing just fine. And then all of a sudden, they kind of backed up a little bit, and it seemed like it got more aggressive. And then they went at each other a little bit more. So what are some of the signs to tell the difference between the playing and the fighting? All looks the same to me. I know there's some definite difference in in body posture and sound. So let me give you a list. In playing, you hear no vocalization. Sometimes it's minimal, like little chirps, like that kind of vocalizing while they're while they're playing. Actually, what you heard from Digit was what sounded a little bit like growling, but it was a growl chirp. I'm not going to try to redo that one because it's <laughs> kind, of, it's kind of like. <laughs> That's a big that's a big foot sound. <laughs> but generally, the cat's got a forward body posture. Um, its claws are retracted. They don't have like you know they're not Edward Scissorhands at each other. 
their bites are somewhat inhibited. They do bite, you know, they open their mouths and mouth at each other. But also the role of attacker and victim changes from one to the other. So they go back and forth in that role play. One will stalk, pounce, you know, jump, and then the other one, the stalk, pounce. Also a big open mouth. Like a lot of times when you see kittens and cats playing, they'll do a big wide open mouth. That's also play sign. That's not something they would do if they were fighting. And then in a play session, stop. You know, the cats hiss and and become disconnected. Cats that are bonded, you know, they'll continue their close bonding behavior, often go back to grooming. And that aloe grooming sometimes is what started the play fight to begin with. And contrasted to fighting, there's a list of things that you can look for that happens when cats are fighting. There's lots of vocalizing, there's hissing and growling and shrieking and sounds of distress, and they don't have to be loud. It can be somewhat subtle. Do you have an example of that, Dewey? (laughs) Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. But, you know, one of the things that uh, we want to really focus on here is is the the difference between the the two growls and their yowls and all of those things uh, because you you do hear different ones. We have one where the where we have our cat that will grab the toys and come down the hallway. And I, I thought at first that he was having a really bad growl sound, but he was really just intensely showing us that he could go and capture something and bring it to us and then lay it on the floor and it looked like he was teaching us how to hunt and it was so funny but it did sound like an aggressive sound and so um it it really sounded more like an angry i think more what you're talking about is something that sounds really aggressive like yep that's it that would be a fighting shriek the other thing is that if the body posture is held back between attacks, they're fighting. So if they're, like, pushing back away from the other cat, that can often be fighting. And fighting is more often likely going to be one-sided. It's very clear who the victim is and who the attacker is, and those roles don't often go back and forth. And following a fight, Instead of resuming aloe grooming, the victim is going to run, and the attacker may still be making efforts to attack. The victim's going to avoid eye contact and going to not make any movements that might trigger another attack. Just watch what's occurring. I mean, if the ears are back and someone is aggressively chasing the other down, pouncing and pinning, you know, that those are those are signs that there's fighting. Um you know, when, a, when one of the cats tries to escape and the other cat doesn't let it, that should be a yellow flag. You know, play should be able to dissolve either one of the cats, you know, versus, you know, one of them pinning them down. So, you know, watch for those signs. That's important to be able to tell the difference. And it is a fine line. If in doubt, separate them. Thank you. That's good information. So um, one of the things that looks like we have a question here from uh, someone, I'd like to pose this question as 
we like to make sure that uh, our audience is interacting with us, and this is a good question. This is from a foster, um, and she fosters kittens. And her question is, how does she interact foster kittens with her own cats more successfully without some of this aggression or fighting? Uh, good question. First of all, if you're fostering kittens and or cats, you want to keep them away from the your incumbent cat uh, for a while because you know you need to make sure that that cat probably coming from a shelter isn't bringing disease along with it and it doesn't have any previous negative associations or or things like that so you know we have a kitten foster room with a glass door solid glass door so yeah. that they can become acquainted but uh, but one of the best things that you can do when trying to integrate kittens and cats in with your your house cats is put scratching pads near the doors that divide the foster cats from the residence cats you know uh, often your your territorial resident cat will scratch the pad instead of directing aggression on the other cats you know either the fosters or other cohabiting cats that just pass by and they get to be the brunt of the redirected aggression. So scratching pads near the doors, that's a huge, huge, huge tip for you fosters out there. That's interesting. So so let's talk about uh, cats that actually live together and the ones that aren't necessarily fosters but actually live together and then uh, go into phases like we, we've seen cats in the past that for months they get along and they just are harmonious in their life and their environment's good and they're playing together and all of a sudden you start having them fight each other out of the blue and I know that a lot of people have this issue I'm sure you get a lot of calls with this very same issue what is this about there's there's two big reasons why cats fight with one another. Uh, house cats that have been living together for long periods of time. Um, well, well, one reason, just cats in general, have what's called lack of socialization aggression. So they may have a reduced species identity, which means they haven't been raised with other cats during that sensitivity period for conspiracy species socialization so if they're bottle raised kittens for for example have a much harder time solo bottle raised kittens have a much harder time integrating with other cats you know later in life in adulthood uh, you know these kittens are going to put a higher value on the human social contact and be unable to tolerate socializing with other cats so Remember, I always say behavior is inherited, so there's lack of socialization, aggression, and and that is fixed through a long desensitization process that you'll have to contact me about individually if you want me to go into detail because we do not have enough time on this show to teach you that. But another big reason cats fight is territorial aggression. So I can't tell you enough how cats are solitary species. They evolved as a solitary species. They're not dogs. They're not pack animals. They don't have a social hierarchy. You know, they value their space and resources. They do not like change. Routine is very important to them. So when you bring another cat in and 
plop it into this cat's territory, it is so counter to every cell in that cat's body, you're going to have a fight unless you go a long way to doing the introduction slowly and carefully and, and helping them to know that there's enough resources and helping them to establish a communal scent with one another. You know, a, a newcomer can really shake up a stable cat environment. If you have multiple cats and then you bring another cat in, you go, oh, we've got two, everybody gets along. This cat I just saw at the shelter came in with three other cats. It ought to do really well with them. Wrong, that's not true. You know, you can have it go either way. Your cats can say, oh my gosh, my territory is being invaded and start to be aggressive to the newcomer and the other cats or the newcomer you know, comes in and throws his weight around to say, I'm going to claim this territory now. So there's there's lots of ways that those dynamics happen. But it's very, very, very important that if you get a new cat, you must do the introduction process right and slowly. Um, you can't go back and redo it a lot of times. Cats have a very, very long memory. If they have one bad experience with a cat, they can remember it for a very long time and associate aggression with that cat and that cat's smells. So make sure you do it right. And what that looks like is you get your cat, you you get the new cat, and you put it in a room that's going to be its base camp for a while. It needs to have beds and litter boxes and, and food and water, of course, in there. And that needs to be a room that you also spend time in. You don't want to abandon your cats, but you need to spend time with the newcomer as well. Solid door between the newcomer and your cats. And then you begin to feed the cats on either side of the door simultaneously at mealtimes. Um, do games, food treats, things like that. It obviously takes two people. Some person needs to be outside doing games and food treats with the outside cats and someone needs to be with the new cat. And and this this just amplifies the positive experience that these cats are having when they smell their cat. And then after several days of that, switch the environments. Put your cats in the base camp the new cat out in the rest of the house and let it get a chance to go out there and lay it over your cat's scent and create a criminal thing and do that before switching you know every few days and and let that be for like 24 hours then you're going to get out the door you're going to put something to, to crack the door and something to hold the door from opening wider give them about three to four inches so that they can't actually get through it and you're going to continue with the feeding and the playing, all the positive fun stuff on either side of the door. And then you're going to to a visual, either a front screen or um, the stack gates, something like that. And you're going to continue with the simultaneous feeding, playing, swapping of environments. This can take weeks to months. It's important that you go at the cat's pace. It's, think of it like the shoots and ladder game. You know, you take a couple steps forward and one back. And, and you gain average progress eventually. But it may take a while. Well, you know, I've heard you talk about redirected aggression. 
What is really the definition of redirected aggression, and how does that apply with cats that are living in the same household? Well, just like if if a cat thinks that another cat is going to invade its territory, it's it's going to wants to attack that cat. It's natural for it to have an aggressive response to that. So. If you have two cats, let's say, and you get a new one and it's in this base camp and you're doing the introduction process, there can be tension between your two cats because they go, you know, they're just, they're on like heightened alert. If you have cats outside that your cats see and like if a cat is sitting on a perch looking out the window and they see a stray and you go up to pet that cat and it turns around and just bites you and you don't know why... It's because it was focused on that outside cat. You were the victim of redirected aggression. It's redirecting its aggression to you. It can redirect that aggression to you, to other cats, and that's all brought on by the sight sounds of a stray or a new cat in the house. And you'll see this when, you know, two cats have cohabitated peacefully for years in the past, and then all of sudden they start fighting and you don't know why it's because he strays at me i also get all the time well i never see strays outside and you don't understand these cats see movement so much better than we do they're seeing strays you're not so trust that if you're, you're having directed aggression it's very likely has to do with a territorial issue. That's another form of aggression, but a, a kind of a an arm of territorial aggression. Yeah, so um, let's take a break right here, and uh, let's see if we can't uh, take, uh, take a few minutes and uh, work on our mic. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. 
through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for listening into our show, tuning in to us. Uh, we're here with Molly DeVos, the cat behaviorist, and uh, we've been talking about what makes my cat mad, what causes cats to be aggressive. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's stop right there. I know I titled this What Makes My Cat Mad, but really, they're not mad. I just put that out there as a title. Usually, they're just... <laughs> <laughs> well, they look mad. Oh, I know they look mad. They look aggressive and they look pretty mad. Well, they are aggressive, but they're probably not mad. That's a human emotion. They're usually fearful. This is all fear-based. So I didn't want to say, why is my cat so afraid? Because then people wouldn't understand that we were talking about aggression. But I just wanted to make that correction. Sorry to interrupt. I had a cat named Mad Max because he always looked mad. (laughs) (laughs) but let's talk about the aggression part of things okay so he's not mad he's just being aggressive so let's talk about that for a minute so a cat comes in from the vet and we talked about this last week about fears going to the vet and uh, the cats coming home and and uh, how to kind of calm them down from the trip to the vet being in the car being in their carrier and then coming home and you're putting the cat in with the other cats that are in the home and all of a sudden there's a a outbreak of fighting. What's that about? Okay, that one's called unrecognition aggression. And that's exactly what happens is one cat goes to the vet, it smells different, it picks up all the smells of the vet office and the car and all the things along the way and it comes back And your cat doesn't recognize it. And it's very, very common. So one of the things you can do, um, some people do this, is you put a drop of vanilla extract on all the cats when the cat gets home. Just put it on kind of like between their ears on the back of the neck. Really? It won't hurt them. Yeah, I've heard that. Vanilla extract on my cat. (laughs) I'm going to put it on you, too. Sounds like a cooking recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Right? One drop of vanilla. (laughs) Two cats. Drop of vanilla. Stir nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what that's doing is it's resetting that communal scent. So, you know how your cat rubs on everything, rubs its cheeks on everything. It's getting its F3 pheromone all over the house. Well, then if you have more than one cat, those cats all rub in those same places they're making a communal scent which helps them to deal with the stress of living in a multi-cat household 
So when you put vanilla on all the cats, it's actually like hitting a reset button and doing away with the communal scent so they can start over. You know, the other thing is if it gets really bad, obviously temporary separation, you know, can go a long way to solving the problem. And sometimes there needs to be a complete introduction for some cats that are just really sensitive. You might have to actually put one in a room and go through that whole introduction process. And if you go to our website at catbehaviorsolutions.com, Org on the home page. If you scroll down, all those introduction steps are laid out there on the website. So look at that too if you're continuing to have a bad case of unrecognition aggression. Speaking of unrecognition aggression, I noticed uh, when you wore a scarf the other day, you have your favorite scarf that looks like a uh, kitty as the ears popped up on it. <laughs> and you came around the corner and the cat saw you and didn't recognize you and all of a sudden started hissing and, and ran off. What's that about? <laughs> well, you know, I do look pretty scary in cat ear scarves. <laughs> it is. That's called fear aggression. And that's all about, you know, a, a cat that hasn't been exposed to something that's now suddenly seeing something. So we've talked about that impressionable age when they're kittens, like, you know, three to 12 weeks-ish in that time frame. It's very, very, very important if you have kittens to expose them to a variety of stimulations, you know, like people in hats, men in beards, stuff that they're going to see take them out on car rides, do all the things that you want your cat to be comfortable with when he grows up to be a big cat. Because anything that a cat wasn't previously exposed to could cause fear in it. So in this case, you know, I put on that, that those big cat ears and that thing and, and poor little Digit had never seen that before and obviously hadn't seen that in his, his uh, developmental period and was frightened by it. So that's, fear aggression. You know, we talked about last week, fear, as we were talking about taking your, your cat to the vet. And is that along the same lines of, of the same thing? We're talking about trying to figure out ways to settle down the fear uh, when, when they see something abnormal and, and jump and hiss at something? Yeah, definitely the vet is a very, very, very fearful thing for your cat because, you know, not only does they not like to be removed from their environment, but they, you know, anything that they smell and see that's totally foreign also makes them afraid. And, and I think what you're talking about is like that fear cascade. So when a cat is afraid of something, first it freezes, it stops and looks and its eyes start blackening, it can fidget. Some of that um, displaced um, aggression is when a cat is sitting there and all of a sudden it starts lick, 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 lick down its front leg or starts quickly grooming itself. That's a displacement behavior that would be also in that fidgeting category. And then the next step is flight. They run. They're scared. They run away from the things that they're frightened by. And then if the thing they're frightened by is in their face, they'll fight. You know, they'll all of a sudden become you know, a, a fighter. And, you know, the only way to fix that, so let's say you got a cat, you have no idea what its kitten life was like, and or your cat's seven years old and it's afraid of stuff. 
how do we make it not afraid of, you know, the new boyfriend that's 6'4 and has a big beard and your cat's just scared to death of him? And the only way to do that is, you know, counter conditioning, which is pairing that exposure of something scary with something good. Um, so like big hairy boyfriend comes over and you give him a handful of cat treats and you say, you know, give the cat some treats when it's sitting calmly on the couch, you know, trying to figure out what the boyfriend is all about. And if the case is really severe, then we would move to a systematic desensitization process, which is gradual exposure, you know, and you increase the exposure to the thing that it's afraid of only after you have a successful exposure at a, at a decreased level. So it's a very slow thing. Like if you have two cats, let's say, and they're afraid of one another and you've got some aggression issues, I like to teach the cats to sit around each other to give them an alternative behavior, alternative to fighting. So, you know, fearful cat individuals accept guidance willingly and and they need to know what to do. And if it's a case of play aggression, then, you know, preventing them from practicing the behavior while giving them plenty of other options like sit, you know, or target, you know, that, that should also solve the problem. So what are some of the solutions to reducing aggression in cats? Well, the, the one of the biggest ones is, you know, defuse your cat's pent-up stress and pent-up emotions with a complete prey-play sequence. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but prey-play consists of, you know, staring at something they think is prey, stalking, chasing it, you know, grabbing, pouncing, biting it, and then the kill bite um, that's real important. Um, they've got to mimic that hunt. Toys, tunnels, food puzzles. I mean, one to two times a day, a cat must complete a prey sequence to feel calm and confident. I don't recommend laser lights because the cats can't grab anything to complete the prey sequence. They miss that kill bite option, and then that can result in frustration and redirected aggression. You know, a- another huge, huge component in, in aggression is nutrition. You know, food is a vital tool in stabilizing your pet's mood and energy levels. Serotonin, which back to prey play for a second, when a cat delivers that kill bite in prey play sequence, it's releasing serotonin in the brain. And serotonin is a chemical that calms the cat. There've been studies that show that Aggressive cats have a serotonin deficiency, which they can get by pent-up energy and stress, but they can also get from a nutritional deficiency. So, uh, you know, serotonin plays an important role in reducing mental stress. Um, It regulates the animal's mood. It regulates their sleep-wake cycles. It regulates their level of arousal and even sensitivity to pain and stimuli. Uh, you know, a balanced diet is key. I can't say it enough. And before serotonin can be produced, there's got to be adequate levels of tryptophan in the diet, which comes from meat sources. Dry food does not have meat sources, people. And many foods, pet foods, include corn, 
and other simple carbohydrates as a primary protein, and they lack tryptophan. So don't just go by the protein levels in the food. Make sure your cat is getting meat because in that meat, they're going to get tryptophan, and that tryptophan has to be present in order to produce the serotonin. And I've got another really weird, weird finding I I found the other day, a, a strange thing from the Journal of Applied Animal Welfare Science. It actually was from March of, of last year. And and it suggests that rabbit maternal neonatal pheromone, they call it 2M2B, that if they infuse that with cat litter, that it acts as an what they call a, a, an interomone which is a chemical that is produced in one species that has an effect on a different species. And so this, this pheromone, this 2M2B rabbit maternal neonatal pheromone, if they infuse that with cat litter, that, that cats that were fighting with each other, that this would prevent the initial occurrences of aggression and may improve cat welfare in multi-cat households. Now, obviously, they haven't made that commercially available yet, but when they do, it'll be interesting, and I sure hope that they are um, cultivating that rabbit maternal neonatal pheromone in a uh, synthetic way, much like Feelaway does with their product, and they're not trying to actually farm that from the rabbits themselves. That would not be good. So... Another couple, um, quick before we wrap up today, another couple sources of aggression in cats. Um, We mentioned this earlier briefly. There's pain aggression. If your cat is aggressive, gosh, you know, if, if you've done everything I've told you to do and we've had a consult and your cat is still aggressive, I'm going to tell you to take it to the vet. I'm really probably going to tell you to take it to the vet first, but If your cat is not feeling well, it's just like us. If you have a lot of pain in your life, you're cranky and you're going to be snappy. I'm never like that with you, my love, am I? Never, my love, never. (laughs) (laughs) But if someone's not feeling well and they're in pain, you know, they're going to be aggressive. People, cats, whatever. I don't care what species it is. So make sure your cat's not experiencing pain. And then the final thing of aggression... Uh, that I want to just touch on briefly is maternal aggression. A lot of times if you have a a mom with newborn kittens and you reach in to touch some of those kittens, well, she's going to have maternal aggression on you and, uh, and, and perhaps lash out at you because you're touching her kittens and that's natural for her to be protective of them. And again, just like I said earlier, if that happens, stop it. If you haven't Googled, <laughs> stop it. Would you go to your computer right now and Google, you know, comedy skit, stop it. It's a Bob Newhart. It's hysterical. And it's very simple. Just stop it. So anytime your cat's aggressive and if you've done something to it um, and you're noticing that, stop it. That's my advice for today. Well, this is uh, wrapping up our show, and we're definitely going to have to stop it right about now. So we want to thank everyone for listening to us today and as we talked about aggression. And we want to talk to you next week at the same time. Be sure and tune in to us then. Oh, and Tabasco says goodbye. 
Bye-bye. See you next week. Next week. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program next Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.